It's unquestionable that we're living in the last times, where people are quickly offended and slow to embrace the truth. Glad he can join us today in voice of his word. Today we'll be studying part two of correction versus condemnation, and we'll be learning from the life of David, an example of correction, the effects of condemnation, and the consequences of sin. Let's tune our hearts and our ears to the voice of his word. Turn with me in your Bibles today to the New Testament. The New Testament to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John chapter 3. And we're going to start in a very familiar passage today. John chapter 3 verse 16. Verse 16 to 20 and this is our our foundational text as we study today. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks today for your holy word, your word which is a light to us in these perilous times, your word which instructs us, which gives us enlightenment in these dark times. We ask that your Holy Spirit would come and teach us and reveal your heart to us. I pray, O oh God, for every person, every man, every woman, every person listening, that your Holy Spirit would help us, help them to receive and to hear the voice of your word today. Let it mix with faith. Let it come with power, for your word is alive and active. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 3, verse 16 to 20 reads for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved he who believes in him is not condemned but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this, note what condemnation is, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. It's a very familiar passage and as we journey on as we study on into part two of correction versus condemnation we are trusting god and as we come to his word today to learn some biblical truths biblical principles that will help us to be free from the power of condemnation and to embrace that you and i would learn to embrace correction and to see the divine blessings in 
correction last week we realized that condemnation is is demonic and comes from the devil and we realize that correction is divine correction comes from god correction is for our good correction deals with a future for you and i and condemnation wants to leave us stuck in our present situation now, when we talk about John 3, we, we often just read John 3.16 and it's a memory verse. It's a powerful verse and it's a verse that many people have memorized and have come to know and love. It's all over the place. Children learn it. We know it. We can recite it. But there's much more if you read as we read earlier. And I want to begin to lay a foundation with that. He, he actually describes what condemnation is and he he makes it very clear that god did not send jesus into the world to condemn the world the mission of jesus is not to destroy men's lives the mission of jesus is not to condemn you and i people stay away from the church they stay away from god because they feel as if they come to god their lives will fall apart if they come to jesus things will fall apart. But let me tell you, when you come to Jesus, that's when you begin to live. The Bible says, he, she who loves sin is dead while she yet lives. You are dead until you come to Jesus. In the Gospel of Luke, the Bible records a passage, but you won't see it unless you study it in the King James Version. When Jesus and his disciples were walking and he had sent messengers ahead of him to go into Samaria to prepare for him, but they rejected him. And the disciples were very angry at this. And they said, Lord, would you want us to call down fire upon them like Elijah did? And Jesus rebuked them. He said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are speaking of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save. So let's note before we go forward, God's heart is never to condemn you and I. If he brings the truth, when he speaks the truth, when he sends his word, when he convicts our hearts, it's always to save. It's always to deliver us from something, a situation or some habit, some sin that is not good, that is destroying our lives. He desires to save you and I. But he makes it very clear. He defines what condemnation is. He said, this is condemnation. Men love darkness rather than the light. People stay away from the Bible. People stay away from God. People choose. I want you to note, you condemn yourself when you reject the truth. When you reject Jesus, when you reject the word of God, when you reject what God is bringing to you, you reject the truth and you condemn yourself. I want you to note very clearly that God does not condemn you. said, the light has come into the world. This is condemnation. Men love darkness. Whatever you choose to stay in the darkness, you condemn yourself when you reject the word of God, when you reject his gift of salvation. God didn't condemn you. God has made a way 2,000 years ago to this day. The blood of Jesus is available. The cross of Calvary is there for you and I if we would turn. But many people 
prefer the, the lifestyle that they're living. They prefer to be where they are. I even want to go as far as saying there's some people who are in the church and they prefer to stay in their sin. They prefer to stay in the season and in the situation that they are rather than embracing what God is saying. He says that they prefer to stay in the darkness because they love the deeds that they're doing. If they come to the light, they will be exposed. You know, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses himself, loses his soul? So before we go forward, note that God desires to save you and I. God is not here to condemn anybody. But it's when we reject him. It's when we make a choice. Every person listening today, every person in this world today has free will. God has designed you and I, has made you and I to choose. And he wants you to choose him. He will not force himself on you. He will speak to you. He will pursue you. He will knock at your heart. But you must choose to open your heart to Jesus Christ. I want to go over to the Old Testament and take a case study today. And we're going to be studying the life of David just briefly today. The life of David. Because there's many things that we can learn about the difference between condemnation and correction. And, and, and David is a wonderful example. Now I want to give a little background before we get into the text that we're going to read. We're actually going to be reading 2 Samuel chapter 12, and we'll be reading verse 7 to 15. Now, before this time, David was already king. David had been reigning and ruling, and he had been doing very well. And the Bible says in the previous chapter, in 2 Samuel 11 that David was upon his balcony. He was on his veranda at the time when kings should be at war. He had sent his men to war. He didn't go to war. And I want to say that if you are complacent and you begin to fall behind, sin will catch up with you. That's what God said to Cain. If you do not do well, sin is at your door and its desire is to have you. But you must rule over it. David on his balcony walking around, he looks around and he sees Bathsheba. He sees another man's wife and he casts longing eyes on her and he brings her over and he, he sleeps with her. He commits adultery with this woman and then to cover the sin some more, he desires to and he begins to plot to kill her husband Uriah because she conceived a child and he plotted and he killed Uriah so we want to note that David sinned he committed adultery and he murdered you know it's interesting you know I always say people sin is hard work Sin is hard work. It costs a man who wants to have 
many affairs with his uh, alongside his wife it cost that man time it cost that man energy it cost that man money you have to be laboring you have to spend you have to be uh, moving craftily and it's hard work uh, nonetheless sin is very detrimental uh, it may seem pleasurable for the moment and for the season and for the time but sin is hard work because you have to be moving secretly and and and, and it's as you sin you have to lie and, and you just add more and more and you just heap it upon your head and so david is in sin now i want to pick it up in second samuel chapter 12 and we go from verse 7 to 15 now the child had been born that was conceived through this adulterous situation and it takes nine months nine months for a child to be born so let's just say nine months had passed david had been in sin for nine months there's a difference in falling and stumbling you we may stumble from time to time in our walk with god we may hit our foot and if we have a contrite heart a sincerely repentant heart we immediately ask god to forgive us and to pick us up and we continue in our journey but we ought never to be living in sin as the people of god david had been living in sin he had fallen into sin he didn't stumble it wasn't a mistake he was living in sin he covered it he hid it he didn't confess it nine months the bible says in revelation that concerning jezebel jesus said i gave her time to repent i want to tell you god gives us time to repent i've seen where people hid and hide sin and it's a matter of time before god exposes them and that is not the heart of god i need to tell you it's never the heart of god to expose his people publicly but he always speaks and he always gives a time he's gracious and merciful he gives us a season to repent of sin second samuel chapter 7 chapter 12 sorry chapter 12 and we go from 7 to 15 then nathan said to david you are the man you know before this time god had sent nathan to david and he begins by telling david the story of a man who had a rich man who had many sheep many flocks and there was a poor man who had he just had one sheep who he, he loved and he was intimate with the sheep and he raised the sheep and and a traveler came to the to the rich man and and he would not take from his own sheep to prepare a meal for this traveler so he took the poor man's one sheep and prepared it david flew into anger david became angry and he said that man should die and should return fourfold even as i say this you know i realize when there is sin in our own lives unconfessing it's very easy to maximize what's wrong in the lives of other people and to minimize what God is convicting you and I of. And so Nathan starts by saying, You are the man. 
Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife. I want you to notice that Nathan spares nothing here. He calls his sin, sin. He goes on by saying, And have killed him with the sword. Of the people of Ammon. Now therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house. Because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up adversity from your own house. And I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of Israel. For you, for you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. I want you to note David's response. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed, you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also whom is born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed to his house. There are a few things here I want to share with you that is very biblical. It's principles that we have to learn and understand. Now, David had been in sin, as we noted a while ago. And I thank God for the obedience of Nathan. I thank God that Nathan responded. I thank God for the prophet, for the pastor who heeds the word of God, listens to the word of God, and preaches the word of God without fear or favor. He never minimized David's sin. He never called it a mistake. He never called it a stumble. He called it sin. David, you are a murderer and you committed adultery. You have sinned and this is your sin. You've committed adultery and you've murdered. 
You know, we're living in a time where if you call sin, sin, if you speak of sin, if you preach uh, upon sin, you know, people are quickly offended and they fall away. But I want to encourage any pastor, anyone listening, preach the word. Preach it in love. Preach it with conviction. Preach it with boldness. And if people want to walk away from the truth, that is their choice. But we should never water or twist or bring down the word of God just so people would stay. Actually, the word of God and the spirit of God, if preached accurately, it should convict. It should make me uncomfortable about my lifestyle. It should make me uncomfortable about where I am, that I may want to change and grow. David had been in sin. God, I believe, gave David time, but his conscience became dull. His conscience became hard. And so God had to send his man. When you see God send a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor with a message, it's the mercy of God. God is manifesting his mercy to people that they may repent. And so Nathan came and he spared no words. You have sinned. And this, David, is your sin. Well, I like that. James chapter 5, 19 and 20 talks about the person who wanders away from the truth. He said, if anybody would, would go and bring back someone who has wandered from the truth, he said, be sure that you have saved this person from death and you have covered a multitude of sins. I pray that God would help us to be like Nathan, that we would be willing. The Bible says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You know, sometimes we're afraid to tell the people around us what we need to say, what they need to hear, because we're afraid that the friendship will be over, or we're afraid that we'll walk away, or we're afraid of rejection and loneliness. But thank God for the boldness and the love of God in Nathan's heart, that he went to David at the word of the Lord to tell him about his sin, to save his soul from death, and to cover a multitude of sins. Second thing I want to note is God forgave David's sin. God forgave his sin. And I praise God for his love. First John 1 9. If anyone sins, if we sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But note, his sins were covered when he confessed it. But when it was unconfessed, David was in condemnation. Turn with me in your Bible to Psalm chapter 32 when we read a couple of verses here. and We'll come back over here, but let's go to Psalms 32. To see something that David says here. Psalms 32. And we go from verses 1. It says, Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven. Whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. 
and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Look at what David says here. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. I want you to realize what David is saying here. David is speaking of the person who covers sin, who refuses to confess sin. There's a lack of sustenance, vitality, his glow. He lost his glow. He lost his strength. He lost that, that the glory that was upon him because of sin. He said, when I kept silent, he starts, he, David is speaking from experience. He knows the blessings of the forgiveness of God. He knows the blessings when a person comes and confesses their sin that that person is blessed. That person is, is forgiven. Uh, their conscience is clear. And, and he's saying, man, it took a physical toll. Sin takes a toll spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. Can I tell you, sin affects even the physical body. He says, my vitality went away. I was heavy. I was in groanings. I was, I was restless. I had no peace. If there is unconfessed sin, if you are in perpetual sin, I can tell you, you are miserable. You will have no peace. David is speaking from experience. Now, David says, my sins have been forgiven and now I can relate with God again. Though his sins were forgiven, I want you to note what Nathan said. I'm going to raise adversity against you from your own house. Your wives, I will give them to your neighbor. The child that was conceived to you will die. The sword shall never depart from your house, David. God forgives sin, but there are consequences to sin. And it would be unjust. Listen to me. It would be unjust of God. It would be unholy of God to punish, not punish sin. He forgives your sin. And sometimes we are still dealing with consequences of our sin. I want to comfort you and tell you, your sin is forgiven you. But there's some sins. Now there's not a bigger sin or a smaller sin. But the reality is, there are some sins in our lives that we have committed that we were going to have to live with the consequences for the rest of our lives. God has forgiven you, but the consequences they're, have, they're going to remain. And I praise God that he can take even our failures and our mistakes and he can make all things work together for good. And he can take all things and bring glory to his name. So don't lose heart. David said in Psalm 119 verse 71, It was good for me that I was afflicted that I might learn thy statutes. It was good that I was afflicted. The affliction which the Lord afflicted me I learned from it. I learned from the chastisement of the Lord. I learned from his divine discipline. I learned from his divine correction. It helped me to learn more the way of God. 
even if you have sinned and God has forgiven you and there are consequences, let it be something to teach you. Let it be something to, to help you grow. Let it be something to also help the people around you to grow in Jesus. I thank God for David and this example of Nathan and David today. Psalms 141 verse 5, David said, Let the righteous strike me. Let him strike me. It will be kindness to me. Let him rebuke me. It will be as oil on my head. David learned the blessing of correction. David learned that when my pastor preaches or the prophet speaks or the Holy Spirit and the word of God is convicting me, I am blessed. It is God's kindness to me. It is like all in my head. Do you see rebuke and correction like that? You know, it seems to be quite the opposite in the time we are living in. We're rejecting. We're coming and rising against authority, rising against the people of God, rising against the servants of God for preaching the word. People are being sued for speaking up for what is right. People are being put in prison. People are being persecuted for the name of Jesus. But I pray that God would give boldness and courage to the people of God to keep speaking the truth. Moreover, I pray that God, through his word today, would help us to receive and to see the beauty of having a heart that can be corrected, a teachable heart and a teachable spirit. Come out of darkness, come into the light, get rid of sin, Jesus' return is nearer than we think. And he is coming back for a church without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. Thank God for the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary to cleanse us, to wash away all sin from you and I. Let's pray. God, I give you thanks today for your word. And I pray, Father, that as we have heard your word, that you would help us to put it into practice. Father, I pray the prayer for my own life like David prayed. Search me, O God, and know my heart. He said, try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any wicked way within me and lead me in the way everlasting. Father, I pray that you would search our hearts. I pray, Father, for a healing of consciences. I pray for a healing. I pray that you would restore a tender conscience to the heart of your people in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would raise up Nathans in our time who would be willing to go and speak the word of God, who are willing to go and correct brothers and sisters in love. And I pray that we would have this heart, even as David, you declared him a man after your own heart. Father, may we not live in perpetual sin, but may we always be in a right relationship with you. Thank you that you send your son into the world to save, not to condemn, but to save. So I pray today that you would help us to hide this word in our heart, that we may not sin against you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Tune in Friday for our five-minute devotional. And uh, feel free, as always, we encourage you. We want to know how is the voice of his word reaching you? How is the word of God impacting you? You can email us at voiceofhisword.19 at gmail.com. Blessings on you.